Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Let's pray together before we get started. Lord, today we want to uh, take a moment and to thank you for being a firm foundation, for being a sturdy, a steady an ever-present, a never-changing foundation in our lives today. God, when the people change and culture change, jobs change, Lord, your word says that you never do. So God, because of that, we can trust that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because of that, we can trust that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Because of that, we can trust if you were good and uh, more than enough for us yesterday, we can trust that you are the same today. God, thank you today for you being who you are and what you have done for us. God, help us today to trust, to believe, to have faith in you and in you alone today. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. All right. Good job, y'all. Good job. Good job. Real quick before we get started, um, you, some of you uh, know that for the past several months and times where we have had times of, of prayer together, those of you that get our emails that see our prayer list in our emails, you'll see that there is a certain baby in our prayer list that we have been praying for. His name is Luca. Uh, we prayed for Luca for months and months and months. And so I just want to share with you quickly, Luca's here with us today. Um, Luca and his mom, Haley, are sitting right here. Can you hold, hold Luca up? Let her, like, uh, like the Lion King. Ah, however that thing goes. So that's baby Luca. Everybody say, hey, Luca. Luca, say hello. Good job. Good job. Good job. So I just want to take us a second to share with you, if you need encouragement today, if you need proof that God answers prayers, if you need evidence of God being God, right there it is. Amen. Right there it is. Wonderful. Wonderful. If you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Put your finger on Philippians chapter 4. We'll also look at Isaiah 41, Psalm 27, but we'll get there later. I want to talk with you this morning for just a few minutes, not long at all, but just a few minutes on one of the biggest deterrents to the Christian life, one of the biggest things that hinder our Christian life, one of the biggest things that we see in Scripture that Scripture um, directs, guides, encourages us not to do, but one of the hardest things that it is to follow today. And that is not to live with fear, worry, anxiety, and stress. Amen? 
How many of you have had times in your life, maybe short seasons or long seasons, where you've had a time of fear, worry, anxiety, or stress? Everybody? Can we be honest? <laughs> Anybody there this morning? You don't have to answer out loud. I don't know why you wouldn't, to be honest with you. There's nothing wrong with it. There is something wrong with it, but that's a good thing that you're here today. I hope to show you through the Word this morning why, um, why the Word tells us not to have fear, worry, anxiety, or stress, and what we can do to change fear, worry, anxiety, or stress in our life today. Um, I've shared with you guys the first time that we brought TJ home from the hospital. He was two days old. Um, Callie and I had no clue what we were doing. How old were you when he was born, Kelly? Come on. 27? So I was like 21? <laughs> Juan gave me a fist bump, y'all. He's like, yeah. Kelly was 27. I was 32, give or take. Give or take. A little more give than take. We brought this joker home the very first day, and we didn't know nothing. We didn't know anything. We had two goals. Number one was not let the dogs attack him. Number two was to keep him alive until we took him to the doctors two days later. That was our only two goals. We thought if we could do this, we've done pretty good. Then once we get to the doctor's office, they'll tell us what to do for the rest of his life, and we don't have to worry about a thing. Wrong. But we did that. The dogs didn't attack. We kept him alive till we got to the doctor's office. And somehow, by the grace of God, we've been able to manage him for the past eight years. Sometimes those managements have been rough, and sometimes they're kind of easy. However, I remember walking into the house that first day, holding TJ in the car seat, helping Callie get up the steps into the house. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do now? Like, what do you do? Because if something happens to this joker, CPS comes looking for us, right? Like, Child Protective Services is coming to look for me. They don't care about the doctors. They ain't worried about mom and daddy and nana and papa. They're coming looking for us. Now, with kid number two, Kelly and I were professionals. We were professional parents by kid two. If, if Anna Lee don't eat for two days, we don't care. Like, it's no big deal to us. Like... She'll be fine, right? We test ran it with TJ, let him go a day and a half on accident. With Anna Lee, no big deal. We're professional parents today. When we brought Anna Lee home, there was no fear. There was no worry. There was no stress. Mainly because my back was hurt and I was laid up in the bed and I couldn't do anything anyway. So Callie had to take care of everything. But um, fear, worry, and stress is something that we all deal with. Certain different times, different areas, different seasons of our life. Um, let me share with you real quickly where, where that comes from. There's a part of your brain called the, I'm going to mess this up. I looked up on Google how to pronounce this this morning. It's A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A. A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A. It looks like amygdala, but it's not. It's amygdala. Is that right? Does anybody know? Is that right? Thank you. Amygdala. There's a place in your brain called the amygdala. What the amygdala do is it shoots off the adrenaline in your brain that runs through your body when it needs to kick in. So when you see a spider and you're like, kill it, that's the amygdala. 
when I walk in the house with a two-day-old kid thinking, what am I going to do? we got to do something. That's the amygdala. The problem with the amygdala is it shoots off the same amount of adrenaline no matter if it sees a spider or if somebody's got a gun to your head. You see where that could be a problem? Somebody's got a gun to your head, you've got something to be worried about. If you see a spider, just go stomp on the spider, right? Like, you're five foot whatever. The spider's this big. Go kill that joker. The amygdala is not, um, does not shoot off a lot of adrenaline when something big happens or shoot off a little bit when something small happens. It's not objective. It just fires adrenaline. So the fear, the worry in our life, when we get that bad report from the doctor, when we get a call at 2.30 in the morning, when our phone rings, when somebody bangs on the door at 2.30 in the morning, um, when we're worried and we're thinking about the death of a loved one, when a loved one has already passed and we're thinking, what are we going to do now? Those worrisome times, those fearful moments, that is caused by the rush of adrenaline of the amygdala in your brain now before I tell you what the word says about worry and fear let me share with you this some of you may be thinking well I worry about the safety of my family which is something to be concerned with right I worry about being able to provide for and take care of my friends and family which is fine correct right if you don't CPS will come knocking at your door TJ broke both arms within one year. We thought for sure we were getting a call. We didn't, though, thankfully. But we thought, they're going to call us. They think we're beating the kid. I'm not saying his mama didn't beat him, but I'm saying I did not. Let me share with you real quickly about being concerned about rightful things. There's a difference between being concerned about and being worried about. Right? There's a difference between being concerned about loved ones, being concerned about family, being concerned about legitimate situations in your life that you should be concerned and take responsibility for. And there's a difference between that and being worried about these situations. Being concerned about a legitimate situation is okay. Worry is when that legitimate concern turns into illegitimate worry when that concern gets out of your control. Everybody follow? Concern is when you can control. Worry is when you worry about something that is outside of your control. Concern is okay. You should be concerned about family, about friends, about responsibilities. However, worry, you, you can tell the difference because worry keeps you up in the middle of the night worrying about something that you can't take care of. Worry makes you, affects your life on the outside, affects your body on the outside for things that are outside of your control. That's the difference between concern and worry. Now, what does the Bible say? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus has a lot, a big old section here to say about worry. Check this out. Verses 25 starts like this, says this, just Jesus talking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? Verse 28. 
And why do you worry about clothes? See, your, see the flowers, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, Jesus says. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own so there jesus three different times tells us do not worry and he gives us reasons not to worry on each one the reasons being because we have a father in heaven that loves us we have a father in heaven that takes care of us we have a father in heaven that provides for us we have a father in heaven that is more than enough to take care of food drink clothes in any situation that is causing you illegitimate worry concern and fear today we have a dad that's in charge we have a dad that's more than enough we have a dad that's sovereign enough that's powerful enough to take care of all of you this morning amen now here's the deal it's easy to believe that in areas of our life that we have control over, right? If you have a million dollars in your bank account this morning, you have an easy time trusting the Lord with your finances. Just asking, does anybody want to testify? Okay, just checking, just checking, just checking. However, when we trust God where we have control, that's not trusting the Lord, that's trusting in ourselves. Amen. Where we have power, where we have control, that's not when we trust God. Our trust, our faith, our hope is found in the Lord in the things where we can't control, in the things that we have no control over. We're told over and over in Scripture about worry and fear. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Do not fear, for I am with who? Do not fear, for I am with? Somebody talk to me. You. Do not be dismayed, for I am who? Your God. I will strengthen who? And help. I will uphold with my righteous right hand. Now, let's read that one more time. And every time you see the word you or your, put your name in there. Ready? So do not fear, for I am with Judy. Do not be dismayed. For I am Trent's God. I will strengthen Kendra and I will help Rodney. I will uphold Scarlet with my righteous right hand. God says, Don't worry. I'm with you. Don't fear. I got you. Don't be dismayed. I'm with you. Psalm 27, 1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? You know what a stronghold is, right? A prison is made to do what? Keep people where? In. 
A stronghold is the opposite. It's made to keep people out. Think of like an underground bunker. It's made to keep people out. It's hidden. It's fortified. It's strong. It's in the ground. Think of like a, um, a tornado storm cellar type deal. You know what I'm saying? It's there to keep the wind and the debris out from where you're the, the bunker is, where the storm cellar is at. That is a stronghold. It is made to keep things out. The Lord says in Psalm 27 that I am your stronghold. The word says that the Lord is the stronghold. It keeps it out. There is nothing in your life today that should cause you worry or fear because the Lord has your back. Amen. The Lord is your stronghold. All right, look at Psalm, uh, Philippians chapter 4. See what Paul says here. Philippians 4 says this. Starting in verse 4. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in what situation? Every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts uh, and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or what? Praiseworthy. Think of such things. I want to share with you two things this morning. How to turn your thoughts of fear, your thoughts of worry, your thoughts of anxiety into praiseworthy things. Number one is we got to rejoice. We got to rejoice. Paul says it very clearly, very or says it twice there. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Notice he says rejoice in the Lord. We're not rejoicing in the struggle. We're not rejoicing in the pain. We're not rejoicing in what we're going through. But we're going through it while we rejoice in the Lord. About two years ago, most of you know, I found myself in a situation that was terrible. Uh, Callie was nine months pregnant. Let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Four days away from having a baby, I woke up Thursday morning I got TJ ready for school. I sat down in the car, and y'all, my back started hurting from my lower back all the way down to my foot. And I thought, ugh, this ain't good. That morning, I was supposed to have a staff meeting here with Alex and Keisha. I texted them. I said, y'all, my back's hurt. Keisha said, what do you want to do? I said, we're having a meeting. So I went home, and I did some stretches, and um, I got in the car to drive here. I made it literally two minutes from my house, and I thought, like somebody stabbing me in my back and dragging the knife down my leg. I thought, I can't get to Ashboro. So I went home and laid down. I did not get up for six weeks. <laughs> Y'all, I was hurt. I was hurt. We made it to the uh, doctors two days later. Uh, got an MRI. That's a whole story in itself of getting to the doctor's office, laying down on the floor in the middle of the hospital because I couldn't sit up in a chair, laying underneath this woman's desk um, because I couldn't sit up in the, in the wheelchair. 
Uh, trying to lay still for the MRI, terrible. Had a uh, ruptured disc, um, had a baby born three days after that, and daddy couldn't walk. Daddy laid in the bed, hurting, taking ibuprofen. Many of you called to check on me. Many of you prayed for me. Many of you come down to Denton to see us, to see Annalie, and to see me and Callie and TJ. Um, there was a six-week period there from the time my back pain really started hurting until I had surgery in May of 2021 where it hurt 24 hours a day for six weeks straight. It was terrible. Some of you have been there. You know what that's like. Um, as I was laying in the bed right before I had surgery, I remember thinking how bad this was. I missed the baby being born. I missed all of TJ's baseball games that season. And on top of that, I can't get out of the bed. <laughs> it hurts like the devil and a half. I thought, this stinks. One day, about a week before surgery, I was laying in the bed. Callie, I think Callie, I think it was gone to TJ's baseball game. So I was at home by myself. And I remember laying in the bed thinking how bad this was. And I remember the Lord speaking to my heart, saying, it's not as bad as you think. It's not as bad as you think. And I remember thinking, I'm not at the baseball game. I'm hurt. I miss the kid being born. I can't hold the baby right now other than laying her on the side of the bed with me. I said, Lord, I think it's pretty bad. So I took out a piece of paper and I started making a list. I wrote down three things. I wrote down three things that were good things. Three things that I could point to and think, this is not as bad. The Lord's right. Those three things were this. You, you all were one of the three things that I was thankful for. You all was one of the praiseworthy things that I had on my mind two years ago. You all that called, that checked, that thought about, that prayed, that drove down to Denton. All of you were the praiseworthy things that I changed my mind from thinking about how bad this, this time was to thinking about you all into praiseworthy things. Number two was Anna Lee. Just because I couldn't hold the baby doesn't take away the fact that she's my daughter. Just the fact that I couldn't change a diaper. Well, that wasn't that big of a deal that I couldn't change a diaper. <laughs> right, fellas? That's not that big of a deal. The fact that I couldn't hold her or play with her does not change the fact that she was a blessing sent from the Lord in heaven for Callie and myself. And then finally, God himself. I had a moment laying there in the bed by myself where you feel useless, worthless, you can't do anything, physically can't do anything, physically can't help out with the baby, physically couldn't come to church or do anything here. And I felt the Lord tell me that night, just because you're limited doesn't mean that I am. Just because my physical body can't get up and do stuff doesn't mean that limits the Lord. While I was laying in the bed that night at home by myself, I changed my thought process from all the terrible things to all the things that were praiseworthy. And I started praising God for all of you. I was praising the Lord for my family. And I was praising the Lord that just because my body is different, His is not. 
Once we understand, once we truly understand and we can change our thinking from all the terrible and all the bad to all the things that is good, I promise you the Word says it will change your life. To change your thought process from the bad to the praiseworthy. To think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable. If anything is excellent, or praiseworthy Paul says you think about that how many of you know it's possible to be in a valley and still think about praiseworthy things Paul wrote this here Philippians chapter 4 Paul was sitting in a prison cell in Philippians chapter 4 chained up to a prison guard sitting right beside of him in Philippians chapter 4 and he wrote think about praiseworthy things we see in acts chapter 16 paul and silas were in prison they were in prison for healing a woman they did something good they got thrown into prison can we all agree nothing good happens in prison (laughs) for the most part nothing good happens in prison paul and silas were in prison acts chapter 16 what do you see them doing about midnight the word says they were singing hymns to the lord just because nothing good was happening to them doesn't mean they could stop thinking about praiseworthy things so what happens they started praising the lord through him then what happens a big earthquake comes their chains rattle loose they walk out of the prison the prison guard sees them and says oh i'm getting ready to kill myself because my prisoners got loose paul sees the prison guard getting ready to kill himself he says stop it he said we're here The prison guard took Paul and Silas to their house. The word says that their whole house believed. Why? Because Paul and Silas thought praiseworthy things even in prison. I hope you know today that even in the midst of your worry and fear and anxiety, it's possible. It's more than possible for you to change your thought process from fear to praiseworthy. Because no matter where you're at in life, God doesn't change. No matter where you, because remember, remember Paul, or Paul says in Philippians 4, we're not praising anything else. We're rejoicing in who? We're rejoicing in who? The Lord. We're not rejoicing in ourselves. We're not rejoicing in the person beside of us. We're rejoicing in in the lord our praise is for him not what we're going through no matter what we're facing no matter where we're at his grace is still good his love is still everlasting his forgiveness is still free he's still with you he's still more than enough no matter what you're going through it doesn't change who he is So today if you find yourself in a place of worry or fear or anxiety or stress or uncertainty Can I challenge you to change your thoughts? Look for praiseworthy things. If you need a praiseworthy thing, look for nothing else other than Jesus Christ himself. The one that never changes. The one that's always there. The one that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one that tells us before he ascended to heaven that he would never leave us. He'll be with us to the end of time. The one that created everything around us. The one that created the people. 
the one that sustains our lives, the one that fulfills our lives, the one that provides for our lives. If you need a reason today to find something that's praiseworthy, can I encourage you to look at Jesus? If you need something else, look at the people beside of you. Sometimes they may not seem praiseworthy. Right? Right? But they are. They are. I like telling new parents that's all good and great with a baby till 2.30 a.m. rolls around. 4 a.m. But even then, we can praise God for babies. Even when we haven't slept, even when we haven't eaten, even when we haven't left the house, took a shower, <laughs> we can still, they are still worth our praise to the Lord. And so are the people beside of you today. If you need something to think about that's praiseworthy to get your mind off of fear, worry, and stress, to change your thought process from fear, worry, and stress, think about the Lord and think about the people beside of you today amen second thing paul tells us to do he tells us to rejoice and then he tells us to know that the lord is near know that the lord is near um i believe today that if we really understood that if i really understood what it means to be in the presence of god it would change our lives like we think we wake up in the morning and kind of live our life the next 24 hours and go to work, go to school, go to the store, go home, do our thing. We, like we, I think we have a fairly 25% understanding of the presence of God in our life. But if we understood that the God in heaven, the, created, the creator God, the God that created everything around us, the God that holds everything together, the God that loves and forgives and never changes is with us at all times. It would change our life. When you're sitting in that doctor's office, God is with you. When you're signing papers, God is with you. When you don't have any answers, God is with you. No matter the situation, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're facing, rich, poor, young, old, weak, strong, new, old, happy, sad, sick, healthy, nothing changes the fact that God is with you. If we understood what that meant in our lives, it would completely change our lives. I think of Peter when he walked on water in the Gospels. You guys know that story. Everybody knows that story. Peter come, or Jesus come walking up on the water. Peter looked at him and he said, Lord, if that's you, call me out of the boat. And Jesus says, come on. So Peter started walking. He was looking at the Lord. You know the story. The word says he started looking at the waves and he started to sink. Was the waves always there? Was the waves there from the very first step Peter took out of the boat? Yeah. Was Jesus with him there too? Yeah. What changed was what Peter was looking at. What changed is what Peter was focused on. 
His problems were still there when he was looking at the Lord. The waves were there, the sharks were there, the jellyfish were all still there. The difference was he was looking at the Lord. Jesus was always there with him. But when he didn't notice it, it's when he started to sink. Can you please know this morning that no matter where you find yourself, that Jesus is with you today? And can I challenge you to look at him, to find him, to find those praiseworthy things, to find those God moments in your life, to find those times where it seems like nothing is going right, but you can point to that person or you can point to that situation and say that was God moving in my life. God sent me that person. God sent me that text message. God sent me that call. God used this person to minister to me. That is God being present in your life today. No matter what. When we focus on those God times and those God moments and those God situations, all of a sudden that fear seems to leave. All of a sudden that worry doesn't seem as much. Why? Nothing's changed but our focus. Where our eyes are at, where our hearts are aimed to is at the Lord. Amen. Please know today that your worry today, your fear, whatever it is today, is not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. Paul says that you can receive today peace that passes all understanding. Peace that passes all understanding is peace that's outside of our control. It's peace that's outside of our understanding. So today, the fear, the worry, the stress, the anxiety, the concern that you're facing today, Paul says, can be transformed into peace that passes all understanding. So please know today that where you're at today is not the end of the story. There's more to the book. There's another chapter. There may be 18 other chapters. There may be 55 other chapters in your life. Whatever's causing you fear today is not the end of the story. There's peace on the other side. Whatever's causing you worry and stress today is not the end of the story. Paul says there's peace that passes all understanding on the other side. But that doesn't come from us. Amen? That comes from the Lord. That comes from thinking praiseworthy things. And that comes from setting our sights and setting our hearts on the Lord and Him being near us today. Amen? Let's stand together. If you find yourself today in a place of fear or a place of worry or stress or anxiety, please know today that it's okay. That you're going to be okay. The situation's going to be okay. Even if it turns out not the way you want it to turn out. That doesn't change who God is. That doesn't change His power and His abilities in your life. But what it does do is it opens you up to learn, to know, and to see God working in your life. Even in the midst of that worry and fear let's pray lord i thank you for your word today
God, I pray for, for myself and my friends and my family, God, that are facing situations, that are facing seasons, that are facing days and weeks and months and maybe even into years of living with fear, living with worry and stress. God, your word calls us to trust in you no matter what. In the good times and the bad, to trust in you no matter what. Your word tells us that you will take care of your sons and daughters. Your word tells us that if you provide for the birds of the air, if you provide for the grass and the flowers and the ground, God, how much more will you take care of us? So God, I pray today that we will set our sights, we will set our heart, we will set our mind on praiseworthy things. We will set our heart and our mind on the fact and the truth that you are near, that you are with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And God, today I pray that we will trust in you. God, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how good it gets, God, help us to have faith and hope and trust in the one who is worthy of our faith, hope, and trust today. God, help us to know that even in the midst of a battle, even in the midst of fear, you are above all, you are in all, and today, Lord, you reign above it all. Lord, today you reign above it all. Lord, I pray you'll reign above our fear. I pray you'll reign above our stress. I pray you'll reign above our anxiety, our confusion. And God, I pray today that we will find you, we will find hope, trust, and faith in you today. Lord, we love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.